Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, everybody, uneducated economist here. So it looks like there's a lot of turmoil taking place inside of the markets. You're seeing like the Dow down another like 500 points, I think, when I started this video. And... uh a lot of like confusion and disruptions and interest rates like on the 10-year treasuries rising and a lot of people are wondering like what is going to happen what's taking place what's gonna how long is this going to last or is this like you know a shift in markets or housing markets going to go down i mean there's a lot of questions that are taking place and you know one of the questions is what's going to happen with the stock market now i am of the belief that once the interest rates rise and get closer to the junk bonds, like as far as what the junk bonds are yielding, you're gonna find a lot of people are gonna start getting out of that junk bond market. They're gonna start selling off. And when the sell-off starts to take place, there is not a lot of buyers when the selling begins. That's gonna cause the prices of those junk bonds to drop and the yields to rise dramatically. Now, given that we are in a low interest rate environment, the desire to acquire yield, no matter where it's at, is very high right now. So ultimately, there are people who are looking for a fixed income. They want to know exactly how much they're going to get every year if they were to put an investment towards a particular asset. When they buy bonds, that's the fixed income that they're looking for. They want to know how much it's going to pay. Now, generally, most people don't want to be in junk bonds because it is exactly what that means. They're junk. The chances of them defaulting is very high. That's why they're paying such a high yield. But because so many people are looking for that yield, it's caused the yields on them, the prices to go up and the yields to come down dramatically. They are getting closer and closer to the government bonds. Once the government bond yields rise like they are now and get close enough to those junk bonds, it's on. And they're going to start dumping. The investors are going to start dumping those bonds. That's the, that's the situation that I see coming if this is to continue. Now, a lot of people are saying the stock market doesn't have to worry about it. But I feel that they do. Over the last few years, we have had an insane amount of stock buybacks. Meaning that these corporations are buying their own stock. And that's driven the prices way up. Now, of, of the value of their, of their shares. Now, if they come into a situation where debt becomes harder to get or becomes more expensive to acquire because the yields are rising, prices drop, you know, bond prices coming down, if that takes place and these corporations begin to have trouble as far as paying their bonds, much like what Evergrande is in today, what are they going to do to try and pay those bondholders or to make the bondholders whole? They have to start selling their assets. And that's what you're seeing taking place in Evergrande. Now, if it's a corporation, they may end up selling a lot of their stocks in order to pay for those, pay those bondholders. And if they start selling stocks and the stocks and the stocks begin to drop and that becomes like the momentum, then you could see a major sell-off taking place because of how high we have achieved in as far as levels go.
I mean, we are way up there as far as valuations. Housing market, stock market, bond market, everything is overvalued right now. So this is kind of what I see taking place. And, you know, if the 10-year treasury continues to rise, this is going to put some serious strain on the mortgage market. Already, houses, like the prices of properties are just ungodly expensive. But the interest rates are still low. Once those things start to tick up and the interest rates begin to rise, all these expensive homes are going to have to come down in price to meet the capabilities of the buyers, which has already pretty much achieved a point where the first-time home buyers are priced out of the market. So there's going to come a situation either the first-time home buyers have to acquire more money or the houses have to come down and the price of the homes have to come down. And if the mortgages are more expensive or the interest rates are, are higher on them, that's just going to make it even more difficult for these first-time home buyers to get in on the market. So that's kind of what I see taking place as far as the home real estate mortgage markets go. And then you have to think about the Federal Reserve and the mortgage-backed securities and whether or not they're going to actually taper. Because once they're out of the market, then you're going to see even more pressure on the interest rates going up as far as mortgages go, which is going to put even more pressure on the house, at least on the home prices going up. And again, more pressure on the first-time home buyers if the interest rates are that much higher. So we're going into some really like interesting times if this continues. Now, honestly, I don't feel that this is where the pain, like you guys heard me talk about the pain before, where once the pain sets in, then the Federal Reserve will be able to, well, it would be more about the Treasury giving the powers or the government giving the powers to the Federal Reserve that they are looking for. Because right now, the Federal Reserve doesn't necessarily have the power to inject money directly into the system. They don't really have the capabilities of going into a negative interest rate so long as there's cash in the system. Not, at least not a significant drop into negative interest rates. So there's a lot of things that need to take place in order for there to be the hyperinflation scenario or negative interest rates or any of that stuff. I mean, legally, the Federal Reserve can't just inject money into the system. Although a lot of people believe that's the case, it's really not. They have to buy treasuries off the market. That's where the primary dealers come in. If the Federal Reserve could get around that by, say, buying special bonds from the treasury and taking those special bonds, the purchasing of those special bonds, and instead of giving the treasury the money to distribute, they inject it, injected that money directly into digital wallets for the people to spend, then we would, we might see a scenario of hyperinflation. It's something like that that I feel would take place or would need to take place in order for there to be a significant rise in inflation that is beyond <clears throat> something that we're seeing now. I mean, once the supply chain crunch and breakdown has receded, and we're back into a normal distribution network again. I mean, like right now, everybody can say, look at all this inflation taking place. But until that distribution network has dissipated, we don't know how much inflation really is anywhere. Go buy a two by four right now. It's the same price it was four years ago. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are taking place right now that are very confusing and really need to play out for us to truly understand what is happening. 
Um, you know, one of the things that I was anticipating happening this week, as far as, cause a lot of you know that I work retail lumber, I work at a hardware store. One of the things that I was anticipating going up this week was sheet metal, sheet metal for doing like pole barns or, you know, roofs or something like that. It's a corrugated metal, typically three foot wide. I remember selling this stuff for about a dollar 80, say four or five years ago would be probably a pretty typical price was a dollar 80, a lineal foot this three foot wide painted uh, galvanized or painted corrugated metal well last month we had a notice saying that we are going to have yet another price increase so right now I'm selling this stuff for around five dollars a lineal foot after this price increase that was supposed to have kicked in this week I was going to be retailing that stuff for well over six dollars a lineal foot I mean from a dollar 89 all the way up to six bucks so I call up the vendor said, hey man, I just want to know if those price increases kicking in today, this week, you know, can I still get the old price? You know, it's kind of working, trying to work a deal for one of my customers. And the guy says, oh, hey, by the way, we have postponed that until November. And I'm like, wait a minute, you postponed a 10% increase in the metal prices that was announced a month ago until November? Were you anticipating the prices going up in like preliminary, like, kind of warned the people so that they would be ready for it but not quite sure if it was going to take place and now it doesn't go until November and November is not the greatest season for selling this metal which means to me that there's probably going to be less demand during that time I just don't see the metal going up from there like if it's already stopped going up I can't imagine it going up during that time it's just just me but Anyway, it's still super expensive, so, you know, I mean, like, stupid expensive. Anyhow, uneducated economist, you guys let me know.